0: Amen, amen. How are we people of God? Everybody doing all right on all of our campuses? Hey, can we put our hands together for the folks that read the word this morning, got us ready for church? Good to see everyone, whether you're on one of our campuses today or whether you're tuning in from the beach because it's now officially summer break. Uh, I know that some of the kiddos got done with school this week, at least mine did. So we put our, uh, uh, our, our hearts into the summertime and we cranked up full on summertime at my house. Today is actually uh, our baby boy's birthday. He is three today. And uh, so he's not going to hear you clap, but he's pumped up and we're pumped up. He got a dog for his birthday. So we got a new dog at our house. So pray for us. The dog was up at 2 a.m. last night uh, making noise in the middle of the night, and it's the first week of a spiritual warfare series. Amen? Amen, everybody. Well, I hope you're doing well. If you got your Bible, uh, I want you to open it up. I want you to open up your notes as well, or you can open up the Notes app. We're starting a seven-week series on spiritual warfare today. And I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this. Your teaching team can't wait uh, we're looking forward to this. And uh, let me give you a little, while you're getting your notes kind of ready and, and, you know, getting prepared, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a of a, a primer as to why. So New Spring Church has been a actual church for 22 and a half years. Some of you guys know that. And uh, we've had a website for the majority of that time. And uh, one of the cool things about a website is you can watch analytics. You can see what people want to know about. You can see what what articles they visit, what, what videos they visit. What, and did you know at New Spring Church, in the history of our church, the number one most visited page in terms of topics uh, at our church is around the topic of spiritual warfare. In the history of our church, I could bring out the stats and put analytics in front of you today. What you need to know is people come to our website and look up spiritual warfare. Where does it come from? What, what can I do about it? What do I need to know about it? How, how can I operate in life? It is the number one place that people land on our webpage. The only page on our site that gets more traction than spiritual warfare is www.newspring.cc, the homepage. Yeah. It's the only one. So here's the whole point. I wanna put this in front of us before we begin and dive in, is that your neighbors, your kids, Your spouse, your future spouse. Can I get an amen from a single person in the room? Your future spouse, your your grandbabies, the person that moved into your apartment complex, the person that just relocated here into your subdivision that you've walked past as you walk your dog. The people in our communities have questions about spiritual warfare and they're looking for answers. And what I aim and what we aim to do is to get your questions answered And allow you to be someone who might be able to answer the questions of your kids, your grandkids, your neighbor. This is something that people want to know about. You don't even have to go to church to have a question. You can sense that there's something more than the five senses going on in the earth. And people's eyes and ears don't pick up on the unseen, the heavenly places. But we have a deep sense in our humanity, in our souls, in our spirit that there's more than meets the eye. And so this series, I'm gonna aim at helping you so that you get your questions answered from God's word so that you might be able to answer the questions that folks are asking. Now, at the same time I say that, that's one side of the coin, let me move over here and say, the enemy doesn't want you to find out any of this stuff, all right? So what I'm gonna do today, if you're writing down a title for this sermon is I'm gonna share with you four things that Satan doesn't want you to know And I am hoping that these four things, we are hoping that these four things are gonna equip you to be confident in what spiritual warfare is and how to step into it and how to not be scared. There's a lot of people that think, well, if I just leave it alone, it's kind of like parents raising kids around bees or wasps in the summertime. Just leave it alone, baby. If you leave it alone, it won't sting you. You don't bother it and it won't bother you. You've heard that, right? That's not how it works with spiritual warfare, okay? And so what we're not gonna do is be a bunch of ostriches at New Spring Church and just stick our head in the sand and act like it doesn't exist. That is some people's MO when it comes to spiritual warfare and Satan's going, I love when they do that. They just act like I'm not even here. At the same time, we're not gonna be like that little boy that uh, was scared of a monster in his closet and just pulls his head o- the sheet over his head thinking it's not there, right? Uh, that's not who we are. That's not what we're gonna do. We're going to expose and unpack this. And so I wanna share with you four truths uh, to kind of get us ready around this that Satan's hoping you don't listen to. Now, as I say that, I want you to know this. Satan's going, shh, 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 hey, why don't you Hey, why don't you look what's going on? What's going on in the PGA golf tournament this morning on your phone? Don't pay attention to the pastor. Just look what's happening on Instagram. Hey, why don't you think about where you're gonna go to lunch? The enemy at the same time is hoping you're here today, but you're not gonna be here next week. Or Lord, 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 please, dads, don't be here on Father's Day in two weeks. Don't be here for that you should take a week off, You know, go to the lake, go to the beach, grill something, take it off at church. It's your day, dads, that's what the enemy's hoping, but I wanna challenge you, you're looking at me, be here every week, seven weeks in a row. This starts our series that really is, this is the locker room of New Spring Church. Summertime, college kids have gone home, all the folks are getting out of the rhythm. The people that are in our buildings today, by and large, is the locker room of New Spring Church, and we're trying to set you up and get you ready so that you might be of service in the days to come. If you're ready for that, say, I'm ready. All right. So truth number one, that the enemy does not want you to know, that I believe God wants us to know about spiritual warfare, is very simply stated that the war is real. The war is real. Ephesians 6, we just read it a moment ago, but Ephesians 6, pick it up in verse 10. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Another um, uh, translation says, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, this right now darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the Heavenly places. I want to draw your attention to the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. I want you to write this down. The war is not with people, the war is with angels. The war is in heavenly places. The war is not with people, the war is, as a matter of fact, is with the angelic, it's with angels. The war is in heavenly places. Here's a principle that I've seen apply in my life and I want you to test it, I think you'll see it to be true. Many times, if we are fighting in earthly places with our spouse, with our kids, on social media, with a coworker, if we're fighting in physical places, many times, if we're doing this in earthly places, we are actually losing the battle in heavenly spaces. One more time. If you see in your life, you are fighting, bickering, arguing, whether it be with words or whether it be with the the silent treatment or whether it be passive aggressive, if we're fighting in the physical spaces, what we actually see is that we're losing the battle in heavenly places. And so what we want to do is put you in a space where you understand what's going on And the enemy loves division. He loves to get us fighting with humans, with flesh and blood. He loves to get us there. But but what God wants to do is he wants to inform you and equip you that the actual solution to the physical fights and and the physical uh, altercations we have, the actual solution is not a physical one. It's a spiritual one. And what we've gotta do is we've gotta pull the curtain back on the physical world, and we've gotta get behind it. And I want you to know that this is something that you can do. So let me get back to this. What's the origin of this? Where did this begin? And in order to understand that, let's go all the way back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And what we need to know is that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit created the whole earth, and the Bible records in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that he created everything, and after everything he created, he, he made a declarative. He would create something and say, it was good. It was good. I want everybody to say, it was, good. it was good. It was good. It was good, and then he gets done with the whole thing, and he steps back and he goes, it's very good. And in the midst of, it's very good in Genesis 1, And then we get to Genesis three, something happens. And what happens is we see a rebellion occur. And what you need to know is that there was an angel, a worshiping angel named Lucifer. We know him as the devil, as Satan. Um, He's got a lot of different names in the scriptures, but this worshiping angel decided with pride in his heart, pride, by the way, is the sin behind every sin, that he wanted to be exalted, that he didn't want to exalt God anymore. And the minute that that happened in the heavenly places, God casts him down to earth. Now he shows up and we see this in the garden to Adam and Eve and when he shows up in the garden to Adam and Eve, one of the things that he does that is so important, this is a principle of first mention, I want you to catch this, is he ends up deceiving them, duping them. Tricking them. Let's use another SAT word. He he. Uh, uh, the word chicanery comes to mind. Some of you English teachers out there will be proud of that one. Okay, chicanery. He dupes them. He tricks them. He he. Listen, watch this. He does not overwhelm Adam and Eve with power. He rather gets them to grant him permission. The war we're talking about is not a war of power. It's actually a war of permission. And so what? what ultimately happens in the garden is the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, takes the word of God and he twists it. He uses some of it, but he gets even Adam involved in a conversation where he doesn't overwhelm them with power. He doesn't win an arm wrestling contest or put them in a headlock and get them to tap out. He ends up getting them to give him permission. They are deceived. And then from that point forward, watch this, He steals the authority on this earth in this world. Back in Genesis chapter 3, Satan steals the authority that Adam and Eve had been given from God. He takes the authority, and if you want to think of it as keys, he steals the keys of this world. And so from that point forward, we need to understand that the God of this world, and this is so important for us to grasp if we're going to understand spiritual warfare, the war is real, but the God of this world, listen, is Lucifer, is Satan, that he is operating with spiritual authority, and we just read about it there, with powers, principalities in in the heavenly spaces he's creating things from the heavenly spaces that that show up in the physical places and we live our lives fighting each other and we don't get behind the physical problems we have we've got to get behind them in a spiritual realm so our issue church if you're looking at me is we've got to get to the the heavenly places We've gotta get to the unseen spaces. We've gotta get to the spiritual world, which brings me to truth number two. The war is real, but truth number two, I need you to write down, Satan doesn't want you to know this, is that Jesus has won the victory, all right? Jesus has won the victory. I know a minute ago, back up the tape, if you were listening, you could actually literally go and back up the tape. Two and a half minutes ago, I said that Satan, Lucifer, is the god of this world, and that caught some of you off guard, right? Maybe you've never heard that, because you've been so bathed in christianese language that you don't realize that when adam and eve sinned the fall of humanity occurred and and because of that uh lucifer satan the enemy he has keys he has real authority in this world to create havoc and so what we've got to understand is and most people don't realize this and i want you to catch this is that when jesus won the victory most christians don't actually know what happened at the cross What did he say? Yeah, most Christians don't know what actually happened at the cross. Most Christians, if we were to sit down today and we were to get a cup of coffee, maybe in Spartanburg or Columbia, we could all meet up in Columbia together, all 14 campuses, and we were to sit down, we'd we'd ask the question, hey, what happened at the cross? And some people would rightly say, well, that's where Jesus forgave us of our sin. That's true. But not only did he forgive us of our sin there, not only did he resurrect in power, but watch this, he actually, when he resurrects in power, he takes back the keys that Satan had stolen from Adam and Eve, and now Jesus has now gained authority from Lucifer, and he has them, and he wants to give them to you and I, Christ follower. This is so important if you're gonna understand the origin of this whole conflict. He wants to give them to you. Maybe some of you are even thinking about the Great Commission. If you were raised in a Baptist church like I was, I feel like we talked about the Great Commission all the time, right? Matthew 28, therefore go into all nations. But do you know what it says before Jesus says, therefore go? What's it say? Anybody remember? There it is. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. Thank you, Ms. Dixon. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. So Jesus Christ, upon resurrection, He is the one who has stolen back the keys from Lucifer. He's established his authority here and he invites us, sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, those born again, not of the first Adam and Eve, but of the new Adam, Jesus, to walk out in his spirit in authority. Most Christians don't understand that that's what's going on. That's exactly why Paul writes to the church in Colossians chapter two and he says these words in Colossians 2.15. Look at the words and the way he uses the words. Colossians 2.15, Paul writes, about this. He says this, he, he there is God the Father. God the Father disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Leave that passage up there. I want everybody to look at this. God the Father, through Christ the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, took back the authority at the cross. The cross is so powerful. I need you to understand this, Christian. The cross is so powerful. It did not just buy you a ticket to heaven one day. It's so powerful. It's able to give you the authority of heaven today to cause heaven to break out in your community right now. You gotta catch this. Mom and dad, hell's been breaking out at your house. It's time to let some heaven break out, amen. Hey, hey, coworker, you've been having some fights at your office. It's time to let hell not break out, but, but heaven to break out in your office, all right? This is how you're gonna do it. You're gonna walk in the spirit of God by the power of God. It's not gonna happen with a physical solution. It's gonna happen because you learn how to fight in the heavenly spaces. So number one, the war is real. Number two, Jesus Christ has won the victory. Um, before I get there, I've got one story to tell you about. I know some of you guys, are there any history buffs? Anybody like the History Channel? Like if I came to your house, okay, a lot of y'all. Me too, man, I love the History Channel. I love American history. Um, I uh, I love reading up on it. I love uh, watching history documentaries about it. One of the times and periods I just think is Super fascinating is, is, you know, in the early 1900s, right? Because we're living in the wake of a lot of that. But there was, there was this fella in the early 1900s that was famous. He actually, maybe more specifically, is infamous because he led one of the most infamous prison breaks in all of American history. This guy's name is John Dillinger. Some of y'all know about John Dillinger, but he was, he was like that Chicagoland mobster group, like Al Capone and Babyface and John Dillinger. These guys were bank robbers. Envision in your head uh, the craziness, it's kind of been romanticized, right? Of, of like uh, Dick Tracy and Tommy Guns and that kind of thing, but it was real life. Well, John Dillinger, he led one of the most famous jailbreaks of all time. And the way he did it was, he had actually performed a bank robbery in the Midwest, he ran out to Arizona to hide. The FBI caught up with him, extradites him back to Indiana where he had done the actual, uh, the deed, and he was in a prison that was uh, proclaimed as an inescapable prison. Nobody had ever escaped from this prison. Well, that was until they met John Dillinger. Well, John Dillinger ends up leading a jailbreak and they didn't know how he did it. Had no idea, how did he do it? They find out from one of the hostages that he took when he let him go, that he had actually, in his prison cell, now, if you read up on this, some people don't know if his lawyer brought this to him or if he actually made it himself. We'll go with the romanticized big fish story for church purposes today. But he fashioned a wooden gun, painted it black with shoe polish, and when the prison guard came in to bring his meal and to bring him, uh, and to clean out his latrine, he held hostage the prison guard with a fake gun was able to talk that prison guard into getting one of his other guard buddies to open the cell, was able to then commandeer a real gun and he was able to dupe and deceive and get permission from 33 prison officers. He led a prison break and escaped from the inescapable jail. Here's the, here's the whole point. But he did it with a fake gun. He did it with fake authority. He did it the same way Lucifer operates in our lives today. Our enemy does not, in Jesus Christian, I'm talking to you, he does not have power and authority in your life anymore, but he's not gonna tell you that. He's just going to hold up fake, imposter, counterfeit weapons and see if you will give him permission to create hell and havoc in your home, in your family, in your legacy, in your job, in our communities, on your social media timeline, and everywhere else. He operates by counterfeit, imposter, fakeness, and it's time that you and I woke up to the reality that you're the one holding the keys in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. So the r- war is real. Jesus has won the victory. Here's truth number three, that Satan's hoping you don't hear today at New Spring Church. He's hoping you don't write this down. He's hoping you don't listen to what I'm saying right now. In this war, there is no neutral. There is no neutral. Now, those of you from uh, back in uh, like the boomer age, you'll remember uh, this phrase. Uh, you know, if somebody claimed to be a Switzerland, there's no Switzerland. That, you know, Switzerland was famous in World War II to being neutral, they didn't pick a side, right? They, no, no, we don't, wanna, we don't wanna deal with the war. We don't wanna pick a side. We'll just say we're neutral, we're neutral. Um, uh, today in modern era, there's actually another country that was neutral. This country, maybe some of you have even seen this on the news, Finland had declared its neutrality uh, back on the post-World War II Cold War era. They were neutral. They didn't wanna join NATO and go up against Russia. They just said, we're gonna be neutral, we're gonna be neutral. They've actually run polls on this, and six months ago, they happened to poll the country of Finland and asked how many of the people in Finland would want Finland to join NATO, to like agree that they were going to all, if one of them was attacked, they all would act like they were attacked. And less than 20% of the population of Finland six months ago wanted to actually be a part of NATO. They ran one of these polls just a few weeks ago, and it's actually flipped now over 80%, right at 80% of the population of Finland today, if you polled them, would say, I wanna be a part of NATO. We, we want in, we want in, can we join? Now, some of you already know why, but the reality is because there's this huge aggression that's occurred in the earth that we're living in right now, and that huge aggression was not overt or covert, it was overt, Right? The minute that the Russian army started firing and marching into the nation of Ukraine, all of a sudden people went, oh, wow, I thought we'd move past this whole World War thing. I thought these sovereign lines on the maps were the thing where everybody was going to go by. But now people in Finland, you know what they're recognizing, church? You can't be neutral. You better better understand that there is an aggressor that is at your door. Here's what I want to say to you. The enemy wants you to think if you don't bother him, he won't bother you. And it's the biggest lie he's selling today. You need to know he's not just covert in your life or overt in your life. He's covert and overt in all of the fronts. He's coming at you, okay? I'm mixing up my words, but you get what I'm trying to say. He's coming at you. He is an aggressor. He wants to kill your marriage. He wants to kill your kids. He wants to kill everything he can because Jesus said that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. And there is no neutral ground. And oh, by the way, if you're here today you and go, Pastor, pastor, I'm not even really religious, man. My friend brought me today. I'm, I'm just watching online because somebody told me you know, that, that, that it would be enjoyable. I, I'm, I'm not really involved in this whole thing. I want you to know if you think that, you're already on the other team. That's what the scripture tells us. I'm gonna show it to you in Ephesians chapter two. Right before Paul writes these words in Ephesians six about the spiritual warfare that we're reading about, he said this just four chapters earlier in Ephesians two. Look at these words about where the war is. He's talking to the people in the church of Ephesus and he says to all of them, the church people, he says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, look, 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 following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. That's a reference to Satan and his authority. See that? Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now, everybody say now, now at work in the sons of disobedience. Watch this among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Leave that up there for just a moment if you don't mind up in A-Control. I want everybody to see me say this. One of the lies that is in the earth today is that every human being on the planet is a child of God. This says, right there, that last phrase, that we aren't actually by birth children of God. We are children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That we've actually been born following the prince of the power of the air. Following in the the lineage of the sons and daughters of disobedience. Because we're all, listen to me, from birth, not children of God. Now we've been created in the image of God. But because of sin and brokenness in our past, we were born into a world where we are children of wrath. There is no neutral ground. There is no no fire zone. If you have been asleep to this reality, wake up today. It's God's love that he's waking you up. Today, you can become a child of God, but that happens in faith when you are born again. That's why Jesus uses that word when he's talking to Nicodemus in John 3. He says, you've gotta be born again. So that you're not a child of wrath, so that you're not operating by the spirit of disobedience, so you're not following the, the principality of this world, but instead you now have been born of the spirit. You know, today in the, in the church calendar, in the liturgical church calendar, we are celebrating Pentecost. This is uh, seven weeks and a day past Easter. Seven weeks ago was Easter. All over the world today, people are celebrating Pentecost. The reason, listen, that the Holy Spirit was given was so that you and I might be born again and we would operate in a new spirit, looking to a new king, following his ways, establishing his kingdom in the earth, not our own spirit. So important that we get this, but there's no neutral ground. So I just, this is only point number three we got one more left, but I just wanna pause right here and I wanna ask a question because I believe you'll know this when you answer this in your heart. Look at me. Whose side are you on today? If we're talking about spiritual warfare, you need to know that the line has been drawn and whether we recognize it or not, there, there's a battle line and if we've just been born once of our human nature, we are said to be on a side, on the enemy side and we're gonna continue to follow his orders We're gonna continue to follow his temptations. We're gonna continue to follow his ways and we will by nature be children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We all were once there. This is not for special people. It doesn't matter how many times you've been to church or what your pedigree is, how much money you've got in the account or the trust fund or wherever you are or whatever you think gets you there. Every person has to be born again of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. Now that's not popular to talk about in a lot of churches anymore, but I'm telling you that is Christianity 101. You've got to receive by faith the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, and you've got to deal with your nature, your born inherent nature, mine too. And that's part of spiritual warfare. And so I want you today to be born again if you've not been born again, okay? Today's the day that you can move to being a child of God, all right? So that was point number three. Point number four, and we're almost there, Point number four is, this is so good, is that victory is guaranteed if we stand firm. I wanna guarantee you victory. All this conversation about a battle and war and oh my goodness, it can create anxiety in our hearts, right? When we think about unseen worlds and angelic forces and principalities. And I mean, that's what the language says. That's kind of scary, pastor. Hey, look at me. Let peace reign in your heart because victory is guaranteed because Jesus Christ has already sealed the deal when he got up from the grave at Easter, amen? It's guaranteed. Don't let fear dwell in your heart. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind, and it's yours in Jesus Christ. But you need to understand that you've got to stand firm. I need somebody to be honest today. This is one of those embarrassing questions, but it's not rhetorical. How many of you followed at some level the Johnny Depth case on Twitter, on social media. Look at this place in here. There's some proud people here. Oh, I did. That girl's crazy. You know, whatever. I don't want to get too involved there, but I do want to bring a legal term up. In a previous life, I was I was a, I was a pre-law student, okay? So I had to take constitutional law and all these courses and, and uh, learned a phrase. Maybe you know this phrase because you've been watching Johnny Depp. You know he can't be tried again, right? Or maybe you've just you tuned into some CSI through the years, all right? But here's the phrase. You ready for it? Double jeopardy. Y'all know what that phrase means? It means that once someone is declared innocent, they can't be declared guilty. You can't be tried for the same thing again. Now, why is that important? Well, the reality is, if you're in Christ, Jesus was declared guilty on your behalf, and that's why he was dead and punished on the cross. And you, therefore, cannot be declared guilty ever again. He died your death. He went, listen, he went to hell on your behalf. But when he went to hell, he actually had the power and authority of a perfect life to take the keys back from Satan and resurrect it in power three days later. And now his forgiveness is so powerful. Look at me. He hasn't just forgiven your past sins. He's forgiven the sins you didn't even know you were going to commit next week. If you're in Christ, the power of his grace and forgiveness is timeless. Timeless. The Bible talks about salvation isn't just something in the past. That's called justification. It talks about it's working something in the present. That's called sanctification. And it's talking about a salvation in the future. That's called glorification. I'm just taking y'all on a little drive-through theology today, okay? You need to know this. If you are in Christ, it doesn't matter how you feel. And feelings dictate a lot too much, I'm, I'm afraid, to a lot of Christians. If the sun is shining, we feel good. If, if they're playing the song I like on a Sunday morning, oh, my hands are up. If things are going good at work and my doctor's report's going well, but listen to me. In Christ, you are in charge of your feelings. The truth of God has put you in a position of authority, and I just wanna encourage you over this summer, start telling your feelings what to do with the truth of God. Mom and dad, you gotta start leading your home like this. Husbands, you gotta start leading your family like this. Single men, you gotta start leading your community like this. Feelings are not in charge. Now, they're powerful. They're real. You cannot ignore them, but you've got to put them in line. Cause them to submit to the truth of God's word. And the truth is, Jesus Christ has paid for your past, present, and future sins, and that is part of the spiritual battle. And if you will stand firm, victory is guaranteed, because the enemy, his end is already written. That's why God gave us the book, amen? Now... Uh, That's the four truths. Now, let me just tell you in closing some things that aren't just eternally valuable but immediately practical, okay? I wanna give you four things that you can do this week, all right, so that you might be able to take advantage of this. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to Israel seven times, uh, it's been an incredible deal. Uh, we actually had several trips that were canceled because of COVID. But if you're looking on the website at newspring.cc Israel, we have one open for the spring. It's almost full, I think. But anyway, side note, going back to Israel, can't wait. It's going to be exciting. But here's the whole deal. Every time we've gone, we've leaned into some, some teachers there and, and some Messianic Jewish teachers there specifically. And the people of Israel, they're different than the people of America. In Israel, maybe some of you know this, especially if you're in military families, you have to serve in the military. Doesn't matter if you're men or if you're women, okay, male or female, you serve in the military there. You know why? Because they have 13 nations that have historically not wanted them on the planet. So you have to learn how to handle warfare. So they have, they have raised the IDF, that's their Israeli Defense Force, the IDF, every single man and woman, husband and wife, doesn't matter if they're grandparent age or, or middle age or, or their kid's looking forward to it, they know how to engage in military battle. And so they have a citizen army. Now, here's what I wanna make sure you catch. Spiritual warfare is not for the veteran Christians. It's for every Christian. God is raising a church that is an army. Men and women, young and old, there is no JV team here. And what you need to understand is when Paul wrote these words, if you back up and you look in your text, if you're looking at a hard text just like I've got right here, Ephesians 6 is written to husbands and wives. Like right before this in my Bible, it's like husbands love your wives, kids obey your parents, to masters and bond servants. He's talking to everyday people. This is not the varsity Christian letter. It's to everyday people, men and women, He's raising a citizen army, okay? So I want you to catch that. But here's what happens, and this is what they train the IDF when they understand that they could be attacked at any time. You could be a grandparent or you could be a mom and dad or you don't even have to be in the military. Here's what could happen at any time if you're attacked upon. Here's the four rules of engagement, all right? Rule number one of engagement. If you're attacked, if you're shot upon, you need to find cover. Everybody say find cover. You gotta find cover. Rule number two in this citizen army. If you have been shot upon, you gotta find cover. Rule number two is you gotta shoot back. You can't just keep your head down. You gotta move into an aggressive posture. You gotta shoot back. Rule number three is you're not gonna remain alone. You're actually gonna organize with others. And rule number four, you're gonna advance on the enemy. All right, I want everybody to read those. When you are waged war against, you need to find cover. Two, you've got to be the aggressor and move into a place of taking back ground, shoot back. Number three, you're not gonna do it alone. You're gonna organize with others. And rule number four, you're gonna advance on the enemy. I want you to know this is a beautiful, utilitarian way to take what you've heard today and apply it to your everyday relationship to Jesus. This is not just eternally valuable. It's immediately practical in your home tomorrow, on your vacation this week. Uh, It's your work. You're going to find cover. What's the cover of the Christian? It's Jesus Christ. He's your cover. You're gonna find cover. He died the death, so you don't have to. You're here today, you've never received Jesus, find cover in him. Find grace in him, find mercy in him, find eternal life in him. Find cover. It's not just in Jesus. You need to find cover in your church. You need to find a pastor in your life. You need to find a small group leader. You need to be covered, all right? There's real practicality here. How, how do you move to a second the second uh. uh point here of engagement is how do you fire back at the enemy? You need to learn some spiritual disciplines. How do you find cover and then how do you shoot back? Listen, what if this summer was the summer of your of your family reading through the gospels? Or of you putting down the Netflix and picking up the scriptures? Or you getting that devotional life where you get up in the morning and you read with your family or you maybe you're in college and you're not going to have schoolwork this summer, but you can get up before you work your job all summer long. You need to Get some spiritual disciplines. You've got to get aggressive on the enemy. He's not going to just back up, okay? Find cover in Jesus, and you've got to start being an aggressor. Number three, you're going to organize with others. What if this summer you made it a summer where you really fought intentionally to get in community, get in a circle? Can I ask you something? Look at me. Are you in a circle right now? Do you have community in your life? Is this the only spiritual moment of your week? Or are there brothers or sisters that you group text? Are there golf buddies that you talk to? Or are there, are there girlfriends that you connect with? Is there their men's group or a women's group? I know all of our campuses have them available. What if this summer was the summer where you organized with others and you got yourself in a position where you're ready to go on mission? That's how you advance on the enemy. I hope that through the course of these seven weeks, Locker Room of New Spring Church, that you would take advantage of of finding cover, getting aggressive to the enemy, organizing with others, and advancing on the mission of the church. Because listen, there's some things the enemy doesn't want you to know. But guess what? We've preached them loud and clear this morning. So now it's our turn to go and apply it. Amen? Amen. All right, well, here's what I wanna do. I wanna get you to keep your seat. Our worship teams are gonna come. And here's what I wanna do. In response today, I'm gonna invite you, if you know, Now, I want to invite you to keep your seat. Please keep your seat if this is not serious for you. But if you know that you want to stand firm in the truths you've heard today and through this series on behalf of your family, on behalf of your your roommates, on behalf of your community, if you want to stand firm in just a moment when the worship team comes out, I want you to stand to your feet with intentionality, okay? So worship teams, they're coming. The lights are up. But if today is the day you say, I want to stand firm and win the battle in spiritual warfare, as a sign of accountability, I want you to stand to your feet with intention right now, and I'm going to pray for you. Don't stand because everybody else is standing. Stand because you're taking it seriously. The war is real. Christ has won the victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing, and we're going to go to war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and authorities in the heavenly places. It's gonna look so different than other people's fights because we're fighting with our worship, we're fighting with the word, we're fighting in prayer, we're fighting with our forgiveness, we're fighting with a kind word. When somebody speaks a harsh word, we're fighting in a different way, but we're gonna do it. Let me pray for every one of you. Father God, thank you for your church. Thank you for these truths that we've heard today. Lord, I pray that they would not just be eternally valuable, but Lord, that they'd be immediately practical. That every single person here today would find cover in Christ. That they would figure out how they can be aggressive against the enemy and fight back, how they cannot be alone and organize with others. Lord, I pray for friendships and accountability over the summer. And Lord, that we might live on mission today, that we might live on mission in the years to come as we advance on the enemy, taking back the ground and the authority that you bought at the cross. Do it for your glory. Do it for our joy. Do it for the world's good. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand.